Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you decided to listen today. So yeah, we're going to talk about sex. There are plenty of resources. Um, The one that my husband used and the one I'm going to use with my daughter whenever she's just a little older, and it's called Passport to Purity. I really think it's a great program, but there's lots out there. That's just the one that we picked. And what I did like about it is that it really covers the gamut. You know, it doesn't shy away from the hard stuff like homosexuality, but it also talks about the kind of friends you make and how important it is to create those bonds with people that are like-minded, like-hearted. So if you haven't already chosen one, then Passport to Purity could be a good fit for your family. Now, I want to shift a little bit and talk more about the history of sex ed. As I went and looked into it, I was actually, I mean, why was I shocked? I don't know. I was just shocked, okay? In 1912, the NEA, the National Education Association, were they were coming up with training programs in sex ed for teachers. Um, in the 1940s, the Public Health Service, U.S. Public Health Service, they were totally gung-ho and they called it an urgent need. They have got to have sex ed in schools. And so in 1953, they launched the, the um, American School Health Association launched a nationwide program and um, a couple of years later, in 1955, uh, the AMA and the NEA came up with these five pamphlets, and they are called the Sex Education Series, and they were sent to schools. And pretty much there's just been a ton of controversy on both sides. Sex education was taught kind of as like a big course. You know, it wasn't just sex ed. That's a little piece of it. They taught stuff like family finances, parenting skills, contraceptives, uh, reproductive, um, biology, self-esteem, decision-making. I mean, it was pretty comprehensive, but again, taught by the state. And in the mid-1980s, AIDS was like a big topic of the day, and it changed the idea of sex ed. And I want to read a quote from the U.S. Surgeon General, C. Everett Koop, K-O-O-P. In 1986, he called for, quote, uh, he called for comprehensive AIDS and sexuality education in public schools beginning as early as third grade. So before that, I believe it was just like junior high, high school. He said, quote, There is now no doubt that we need sex education in schools and that it should include information on heterosexual and homosexual relationships. The need is critical and the price of neglect is high. At that time, you know, I mean, who knows? I don't really know who the big players were in terms of who came against that idea, but honestly, the right, the quote, religious right, they didn't have a great response. They reacted. And you know what they reacted with? Fear-based. They were terrified. They're like, oh my gosh, we have to put the fear of God in people and make them like afraid of, of all of the uh, diseases and afraid of, you know, getting pregnant and things like that. And I'm not even going to pretend like you don't know where that led to. Because if you think of what fear of being pregnant did. 
it's just sad to think about how many babies have been murdered. So in 1964, Dr. Mary Caldrone, or Caldrone, I don't know how to say her name, medical director for, guess who, Planned Parenthood Federation of America, founded the Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States, better known as SECUS. Out of her, quote, concern that young people and adults lacked accurate information about sex, sexuality, and sexual health. Well, how nice of her. Okay, so she's going to make sure that she gets a panel of experts. Be careful who you listen to, girls. A panel of experts that constructed a framework within which local communities could design effective curricula and or evaluate existing programs. And guess what the result was? Dun, dun, dun. The resulting guidelines for comprehensive sexuality education, kindergarten through 12th grade, was published in 1991. Ooh, the 90s, don't you love them? According to the National Guidelines Task Force, sexuality education promotes sexual health in four ways. What are those four ways you want to know? Of course, here they are. Number one, it provides accurate information about human sexuality, including growth and development, anatomy, physiology, human reproduction, pregnancy, childbirth, parenthood, family life, sexual orientation, gender identity, sexual response, masturbation, contraception, abortion, sexual abuse, HIV, AIDS, and other sexually transmitted infections. Number two, it helps young people develop healthy attitudes, values, and insights about human sexuality by exploring their community's attitudes, their family's values, without the parents there, right, and their own critical thinking skills so that they can understand their obligations and responsibilities to their families and society. That actually makes me really curious. Number three, it helps young people develop communication, decision-making, assertiveness, and peer refusal skills so they are prepared to create reciprocal, caring, non-coercive, and mutually satisfying intimacies and relationships when they are adults. And number four, it, meaning the program called Guidelines for Comprehensive Sexuality Education Reminder for Kindergarten through 12th grade. Number four, it encourages young people to make responsible choices about sexual relationships by practicing abstinence, postponing sexual intercourse, resisting unwanted and early sexual intercourse, and using contraception and safer sex when they do become sexually active. Don't forget, that's what they're teaching five and six-year-olds, all the way up to 18-year-olds. Same four things, and I'm sure they have a little scope and sequence that looks real good on paper to all the people at Planned Parenthood who came up with this fantastic sexual education program that in no way benefits their company, right? All these people choosing to have sex out of wedlock and then hey guess what the same people who created this sex ed program they're there for you whenever you get this disease called pregnancy okay sorry i digress i'm supposed to be talking about kiddos and um sex education in the home but just think about that the history of sex ed in public schools it was created by planned parenthood in part Founded by those loving people who murder babies.
you know, it's this weird thing psychologically where when we can't have something, we kind of desire it. And in some ways, sex has been like that in the past where it's this forbidden thing and teenagers and, and kids are curious and so they want to do it. Liberal solution to that was just let them have what they want. Just make sure they're safe, you know, give them contraceptives. You know, Christians, we have to respond differently. We can't just react and be like, no, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. It's too hard. No, we have to engage. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about sex in church. We have to talk about sex at home. We have to talk about sex. Can we just say that word comfortably? Sex is not a dirty word. And how can we respond? Well, we respond primarily with what God says about sex, the beauty of his creation. Have you ever thought about that word, procreation? Pro, for something, creation. We're for creation. We're not anti-creation. You know, that's more the Planned Parenthood side. That's the leftist mentality. That's anyone who is, quote, pro-choice. They are anti-creation. But God wants us to procreate. He wants us to be for creating new life. And so as we look in God's word, it informs us how to think. We don't look to experts, that panel of experts, that council, to define sexuality for us. And in fact, I was really, I was reading earlier about their definition of sex and what they say are the fundamentals to the concept of sexual health. And it is, wow. Okay, I'm just going to read one more thing from their website. The World Health Organization has this definition. Sexual health is the integration of the somatic emotional, intellectual, and social aspects of sexual being in ways that are positively enriching and that enhance personality, communication, and love. Fundamental to this concept of sexual health are the right to sexual information and the right to pleasure. Where is procreation in that definition. Where? I see love. I see communication. I see personality enhancement, enrichment, information, and pleasure. Where is the I'm for creating the next generation in that? Where is God in that? Nowhere. The WHO, the World Health Organization, is a secular institution. You know, that's not a shocker to you. The who is, you know, it's just a business, okay? They don't care about what God says. So we have to care. Do you want Planned Parenthood's council of experts telling your child in kindergarten through 12th grade how to be a parent, how to have self-esteem, how to handle their finances, when and how to have sex, teaching them about reproduction, when they don't even care about procreation, they just care about making money and killing children. No, we don't want them to be in charge of educating our kids about sex. So let's stop letting them, okay? Our tax dollars may go to that, okay? I can't control how the taxes work, but I can control the conversations we have with our kids. So let's have them. Find a good curriculum like Passport to Purity or the many other ones and sit down and read it, you know, take time away from whatever it is you're doing and make sure that you're the one having that conversation with them. So 
here's something I agree with on the Planned Parenthood site. Are you ready for this? I agree with them. Quote, parents are a critical influence on their children's sexual health. And they go on to say, this is why Planned Parenthood and other advocates of comprehensive sex education believe that parents are and ought to be their children's primary sexuality educators. They wrote that in 2004. The thing is that they know that parents don't like to talk about this. Ladies, Planned Parenthood has their hooks in almost everything. And I hope you don't think that's hyperbole. Listen to what they say about Planned Parenthood's role in sex education. Okay, parents, they are and are supposed to be the primary educators for sex ed. So they say. But they know parents aren't wanting to have those conversations. They know that it's hard for us to bring that up and it feels awkward and la la So they're happy to step in. And this is what they've done. They're in juvenile detention centers. They're in religious institutions. They're in social service agencies. Planned Parenthood also has trained over 20,000 professionals, including counselors, teachers, medical professionals, on how to, how to effectively deliver sexual health messages to young people as well as adults. The other professionals trained by Planned Parenthood sex educators include college and university faculty and staff, religious leaders, public health workers, and other human service providers. They also train community health workers and teen peer educators. And don't underestimate those teen peer educators. They are, they've got their hooks in so many parts of society and they are a, a cash cow. I mean, they make a lot of money. Where do they get all this money? businesses. Businesses give them money and you need to look it up. You know, look up which businesses are funding Planned Parenthood directly. Congress is not going to defund Planned Parenthood anytime soon. We have to train our own kids to learn what God says about sex, to care where our money goes so that we're not supporting uh, this faulty sex ed that's being pushed into schools. You know, we have this list in our own home. We call it the naughty list. And we don't shop at stores that are on the naughty list. And I'll link um, the updated version that I have. So in closing, I'll just say this. It's important to talk about sex with our kids. There are fantastic programs out there to do this. Please, please don't leave it up to the school to do it. And don't be a homeschool parent and say, oh, I'm just not going to teach my kids about sex ed. I'll just wait till they ask me questions. <laughs> well, you're going to wait a long time. Or when they ask you, you'll be caught off guard and you won't know what to say because you haven't thought about your response. Please don't react to your kids' sex questions. Respond. Get ready. Start reading about what you want to say. Have a planned time away with them. Like make it fun. It doesn't have to be awkward. And just make sure that God's word is at the center because that's where it is. We don't take him out of things. We leave him where he is, right in the middle of procreation and life.
I'm sorry, I just can't help but get super fired up about this kind of thing. This topic just gets me going because they're after our kids and I just want them to believe the truth so badly. I think you feel the same way and I know that we are on this journey together to try to raise the next generation in truth in a gospel-centered home and it's just hard to swim upstream when all the stuff around us the public schools even the libraries you know i'm in texas and austin just came out with this online sex ed program they're like paying students to go to it anyway point is it's all around us this false ideology these godless ideas about every topic, including sex. And so this is just one more topic where we must fight against the current. We can't just assume they're going to get what they need because, oh, sex is just about biology. They just, yeah, of course they're going to learn about that. You know, go to a biology class, go to a sex ed class. It doesn't matter. They're just going to teach you about the birds and the bees. No, you cannot divorce the idea of what it is and what it's for. It's a moral issue. You cannot separate those things. You learn about what it is, what sex is. You have to learn about what it does. And they're not going to hold back. You know, these sex ed programs, they know that. They're not just teaching biology. They're teaching more. They're teaching what it's for. And they're totally cool to like throw in all of the, hey, if you're a man who thinks they're a woman, a woman who thinks they're a man, whatever sex is for pleasure just make sure you use contraceptives so nobody gets diseases because it's all okay as long as it makes us happy and we're not quote hurting someone else but all of that is nonsense and we have to go back to god's word so i encourage you to go read you know do a little topical study go read genesis again find out what does god say about sex what does god say about marriage and let's keep passing that stuff on to our kids keep swimming upstream Thank you.